Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Technically, they talk about the Akashic Records as being like the vaults of information that's of everything that has happened to your soul. And so when we do Akashic Records readings or we learn how to access the Akashic Records, it's really about trying to access deeper wisdom codes of our soul. But it's just an energy shift into a place that gives you better access to really like your intuitive force. And the way that the Akashic Records work is that you use your teacher's prayer and that's how you open your Akashic Records. And so you kind of use the the sound codes that were given to you from your teacher. And then if the Akashic Records decide that they want you to become a teacher, they give you your own prayer, which is essentially your own sound codes or your own codes to unlock, you know, that kind of wisdom body. And I just heard a voice and it just said, pick up a pen. And I just picked up a pen and I channeled the prayer, one straight shot. And they were like, it's time for you to start teaching. Damn. And so how did that shift for you once you had your your own code? I think that I just became uh, much more a steward of the technology from just a plain bird's eye view. You're like, okay, open the Kashuk records and give someone a reading. But what does that mean? It could be reading like we did for your property. It could be a soul that's passed over that wants to come through. It could be looking at soul contracts and understanding why some of the things have happened in your life. Tell me this, what are, what are the women that are going through the certification that have gone through it, that are starting it? What are they reporting? back to you as the things that are changing their lives? The biggest thing is just the sovereignty piece, recognizing that they are co-creating their life and that these tools that we discover and we explore together just give them a, a deeper capacity for understanding that and actually working in that. I truly believe that the one thing we're gifted here is free will, but you have to almost attune yourself to activate into free will and then have that clear channel to the Akashic Records to see what kind of tools they can bring in to support you on that path and and in being that sovereign being. Listen with your heart. If something just activates a little curiosity in you, that voice or that sound or that energy, go with that. And and it's so beautiful. And it's one of the things I love about the Kundalini world and about the Akashic Records. It's like no pressure, just go with what feels right and then just allow yourself to unfold with it. Are you putting on additional events? I know you guys have done that events and festivals for others. Are you still yeah. hammering that yeah. one? Yeah, it's it's definitely ramping up. And it's crazy because we haven't really advertised it. We haven't really even put ourselves out in that way, but it just keeps coming. So I think that's the other thing is we're realizing like it's a unique skill set, you know, being able to pull these things off. And if you want to do events and you don't have the time and you don't have the bandwidth, as you know, we've, we've yeah, been through this, <laughs> Totally, you just, you need someone to just take the reins and take it over. So that was the other part of our hiring process was like really get people in the seats that, you know, are specific that could be trained and filled immediately. And then that leaves more bandwidth for Adam and I to be in the creativity part of it. Cause that's the most important part is we have to actually go and do all the research and figure out the flow and how it all comes together. And, you know, you've been to BFest, so it's like, yeah. it's a lot of moving parts. A lot. And that's, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not surprised that you're getting a lot of incoming from people who have experienced your events. I mean, that's why we started the conversation months ago and 
unfortunately I had to put a pin in the, the, the unlearned festival, but, um, I'm like, I don't know who else I would ever ask. I certainly wouldn't try to do it myself. Maybe I would have prior to going to your event, Mm -hmm. but after being there, I'm like, this is incredible. I mean, I've been to so many different weekends and festivals and events that I was blown away at. I mean, so much of it, the flow of it, the, um, the people you brought in to guide different sessions. Uh, I loved certainly the, the people that were there were amazing and the, the staff on hand were just so seamlessly integrated into the community, which I think is so important. Yeah. And that's rare. That, it, that little piece is very rare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know who to count on, but everybody's kind of dressed the same, whether it's a party or whatever, everybody (laughs) is in the vibe. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's participating in it. Yeah. I think it's one of the things that we hear all the time is like, you know, usually there's the event and then there's the staff and it's a very clear delineation who's who. And it's like our staff, our, our people, our family, like they're just in the mix as much. And we are all trading off, you know, roles and responsibilities, but we're all definitely part of like holding the energy. So yeah, it's, it's really special. Well, before, just in case I forget, where can people reach out if they want help putting on their own event? Yeah, they, they can just email us at info at be the wellness.com. Okay. Yeah. Great. And so just for a, a little background for people listening. So Vanessa Lambert's on today. We met at Connor and Kelly Moore's wedding and Peyton and I were on our way out. It was, it was getting a little bit late for us and she had run into you. So you two started just randomly chatting. I, yeah. For some reason I said something about Kundalini yoga to her. And I was like, why am I talking to you about Kundalini yoga? Like we, we were in like three seconds and you know, I said something and she's like, well, because I do Kundalini yoga and you know, we started this whole conversation. So yeah. And then, very, I, yeah. and then I paired up with Adam and it, listen, at that point in the night, like I had a great time. It's a little bit of a drive home and I'm like, I was so ready. And then I started talking to Adam and just dropped in with him and he's such, <laughs> just such my type of guy. And then the four of us were hanging out and you were sharing some of the work that you each have been doing and then B-Fest for 2022 came up and you invited us out. And at that point, like I just wasn't sure and Peyton was really drawn to it. So she had decided to come out and um, as it was approaching, she was really excited about it. And I was just feeling this a little bit of a pull in, in days before I was supposed to go, I was supposed to be at a friend's wedding that same week. And so I can't go, you go, I'll go to the wedding and then we'll just, you know, catch up afterwards. And then something happened the day before, um, maybe it was that Thursday. I'm like, I think I need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the whole time I was like, Cal's coming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, he's coming. He's going to host the podcast. Like I had major plans for you. <laughs> and it all, it all fell into place. And it was, it was, um, and as I said earlier, and I've told you and Adam, like it was just such an incredible event for me, for, for Peyton and I, but, but just blown away. Like I said, this is just the amount of intention that goes into the cadence of the entire weekend. It was just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly such a labor of love. And I think people really feel that. And it's, it's like, I imagine I rehearse every single moment of the event for months and sometimes years before these events occur. 
And so it's like, you know, almost like an athlete preparing for their event, right? I'm thinking of the flow and I'm thinking of like, when this hits, then we do this. And like, it's really just, it's an orchestration of all of this beautiful energy that, you know, I just think people feel that when they're there and they don't know why, or they're not like, it's, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the one thing is that really made the event what it is. But I think, you know, if I were to speak to it, it's just like all the love and all the intention into every single little aspect. Yeah. And what I love too, it was, it was, um, kind of choose your own adventure. There was no pressure to be at everything, but what ended up happening was you wanted to be a part of everything. And there was enough space in between for you to have some downtime, to spend time with your partner or by yourself and and then be, you know, fully energized for what was next. Yeah. I think that's something we've always found to be super important is if you overpack the schedule and there's so much pressure on people and they're like, you know, they, they feel that internal pull of like, I want to take a break. I want to rest. I want to be with my wife. I want to do whatever, but I feel like I should go to this next thing. So we're actually super protective of those little spaces where there's nothing on the books and you can you know, if you want to opt into something, certainly there's things you could go get your hands into, but there's no pressure. And I think that's a really important thing about events like this is that you have to give people the space to actually enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, like it's probably hard to really pinpoint, but how, where was this birth? Like how did the first one come about? Well, Adam and I were wellness coaches, right? So we were running these different community challenges online and we were coaching online and we were doing this, you know, pretty in the early days, like in the last five years or so, everybody's virtual, everybody's online, but this was still pretty early on in that space. And so we had, you know, all of our clients were virtual. We didn't have anybody in person. And so we started thinking, well, how can we bring people together that have been in, you know, sometimes one or two years in our programs and seen each other online with their, you know, small little picture. And, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that's like Sally from Cincinnati. That's our favorite one. We always quote her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like you, you, you see these people for years and we were like, we've got to create a space where everyone can come together and actually meet and kind of share in all these teachings and all these tools that we've been studying and working in together for that point, sometimes years. And so the first Bee Fest was born in 2018 and we brought everybody to the Redwoods in Northern California. Mm. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And we rented out this like Airstream village and we, yeah, we kind of put the roots in the ground for the very first event. And it was, it was just so beautiful. And it was just like, it was all the things we all love, right? It was beautiful food, wonderful community, incredible nature, time to be with ourselves, time to feel joy and just actually celebrate all the hard work we do in our lives day in and day out. And I just thought like, this is just so important. This is so important for us, you know, in, in our own hearts. And this is so important for our community to have this celebratory moment where we come together and just go like, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. I think that's probably what struck me the most is it was this dedicated time to self in what had happened over the past 12 months. Yes. Like let's celebrate all the hard work and it wasn't easy and there were some shitty times, but here we are here to celebrate like all the challenges and how we stayed with it. A hundred percent. And I, you've heard us say this at Beef Fest probably several times, but 
sometimes when you go to wellness retreats or transformational events, it's beautiful because you're doing hard work and you're in there and you're excavating and you're like getting into the crevices of yourself to figure out what you want to bring out next. But BeFest is very intentionally not about that. You may have, in fact, an incredible transformational experience, but the main focus is like we're coming here to be joyous, fulfilled, self-expressed individuals. And we're really here with the intention to celebrate everything we've created up until that point. And that might create a crazy transfer, you know, transformation from that experience. But we're not like pressuring you to like, oh, you should do something hard or it should be, you know, difficult or you have to suffer a little bit. It's like, just have fun, enjoy and see what happens. Yeah. It's almost like this integration point of all the work you've done. And I think had it been uh, an event that were more geared towards deep personal work, I, I wouldn't have gone. It's like, fuck, I've done enough of that. So much work. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's important. So there are so few, I mean, honestly, it's the only one I know of where it's not about going in and just like going deep and having challenges and, you know, really trying to figure out what's the lesson here. It's not about that, it's about bringing it all together in a very just approachable, um, loving way. Yeah. In a celebratory way. You know, I think that's one of the reasons and you experience this every night. We have a theme night and we dress up and Mm. there's just like this really fun self-expression component and this opportunity just to really be in joy and and just have fun in your community. And I think that that was one of the things we always loved about Burning Man, you know, is that you had this opportunity to drop in and self-express and you could choose your own adventure. You know, it could be one year to the next might be a completely different experience, but the container was just set for you to have your unique individual experience. And I think that's what we really wanted to bring that, that embodiment into BFS. Like, let's have fun. Let's dress up. Let's, let's party. Let's have a great time. And then let's also see what might happen when we take you know, when we listen to Cal, uh, you know, facilitating the podcast or you take Adam's class or whatever it might be. Yeah, sure. It might take you on a new adventure or you might find a new piece of yourself. But the point is like, we're in a celebration of all of that. Yeah. And then, and then you, the, the locations you choose yeah. are very intentional. It's, you know, we were at Zion National Park. Peyton and I had never been there. So it was just, there's a whole nother layer to it. Yeah. It's not just about the programming and the flow of the events. It's look at where you are too. Yeah. We always say that mother nature is the main star of the event. <laughs> it was so amazing to be yes. at the the different nightly events, whether it was Parangi or, or Samuel or was it Peace Frog? What was the, yeah, yeah, Frog, the, yeah. the doors cover band. <laughs> and just to see Zion behind the stage, like, where are we? It was, isn't that property just, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. When we dropped into that property, I was like, okay, magic can be made here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. So let's talk about 2023. Yeah. Uh, what does the programming look like? How is it similar to ones in the past? What's it, maybe what are you excited about adding this time? Yeah. Well, you know, we did the very first event in the Redwoods and then we had to take a few years off because of all the things that happened in the world. So when we came back, we did it in Zion, which is kind of that desert, you know, rock kind of energy. And then uh, for this one, we really felt like we wanted to take it to the ocean and it was just time to bring in that water element. 
So, you know, I think that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. Again, back to Mother Nature being the main star of the event. Yeah. I'm just really excited to bring everybody to the ocean. And I just thought, oh man, to take our community and just have us all toes in the sand and just feeling the sun energy and feeling that beautiful ocean frequency. I just like, I, I mean, I could stop right there, right? <laughs> How many different places did you scout out and, and finally land on this one? Oh my gosh, this was really hard. It We almost gave up a few times because we were trying to find the perfect spot on the ocean. And I mean, we scoured the world. I mean, it certainly the West Coast, Central America and South America. I mean, we scoured, we were like, we really wanted to be on the beach, but we had a really hard time finding the right location. And so we ended up finding two locations out in what is where we're actually having at Playa Riviera. And then we scouted one in Tulum. And when we got to this location in Playa Riviera, we were like, they built this place for us. Like this, if we were to put together the perfect place to have this event, this was the place. It was just incredible. And of course the owner is, you know, he's a burner himself. So there was like that feeling in the air. You could definitely tell that like he had that artistic lean. He was super, you know, concentrated and focused on sustainability, the food sourcing, the quality, which is not always, you know, the easiest to do in Mexico. So we were just like, this is it. I mean, we found our spot. So it, it took a while to get there. We kissed a lot of frogs, you could say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then when we found Palmaya, we were just like, this is it. This is a place where we can really bring in, you know, the tapestry of our magic. And it's just going to be so beautifully enmeshed and create the most wonderful experience. Awesome. So what yeah. give, can you give people kind of an insight into what it what it's going to look like? Yeah. So the way we really try to structure BeFest is that we kind of wait the activities in the morning and the afternoon and then leave the midday free. So you have a little space, like you were saying, to integrate, enjoy the property, um, have a massage, you know, do whatever it is that makes you feel like you're in that retreat mode. But in the morning, we really try to offer experiences that, you know, immediately connect you into yourself. So of course I'm teaching Kundalini yoga every morning. We'll have some stuff with the ocean and like maybe doing some special ocean, um, dives and really tapping into the frequency of mother ocean. We'll have uh, DJ Drez and his beautiful wife, Marty. They'll be doing kirtan and yoga and really amazing like guided sets with, you know, live DJ, uh, live DJ sets. So it's like really a beautiful combination of music and spirit and ocean and all of the things together. And then, like I said, in the midday, we'll have this nice gap where you can actually decide what you want to do. You can take a nap, you can get a massage. And then we'll also have live DJ sets at the, at the pool as well. So like, if you want to listen to music and just dance and, you know, feel the energy of the beach, it's like, if we're at the beach and we're at that kind of energy, we felt like we had to have DJ parties in the the middle of the day. And that way, you know, you can, you can just chill on a chair and soak in the energy and just be in the music, be in the vibe, or you, you know, can totally opt out of it and and go do your own thing. The really cool thing about Palmaya is that they have all of this programming that is native to the location itself. So not only will we have the B-Fest programming, but Palmaya itself offers all these really incredible classes and opportunities to get in. And I mean, they range from like 
Akashic ancestral, uh, like deep dives. Come on. Yeah. To sound bath, to breath work, to all the things. Yeah. So that was another reason we chose this location is we were like, we're already doing like, you know, half the things that we would bring. And now we can bring in people like Eben, you know, who I know is a close friend of yours to do yoga and breath work and some of the things that you know, are unique to be fest, but then there's all this kind of like, you could call them backup dancers that you could go dance with and, and just have your own adventure. So then in the evening, we have these incredible themed dinners where every night there's a different theme. So I think the very first night we're probably going to do something around like jungle power animal or something to do with like the jungle and animals. So, you know, you can come as whatever you can come as a, you know, uh, blue morpho butterfly that you see in Costa Rica jungles, or you can come as like a cheetah or just whatever it's in. And that's the thing. There's never any pressure for any of this. It's just like an opportunity to have fun and self-express. And so there's these like really fun curated themes, but then, you know, some people don't even dress up at all and that's fine too. So the, you know, the reason we just really offer it is because we find that when people actually get into it, they really enjoy it. Like you end up being like, this is actually really fun to have a theme that sort of bonds the group and gives you like that festive energy. And that's where really the bee fest came from, right? That's the little festival vibe that we weave in is the theme nights. And then finally we wrap up the whole thing with live performances. So of course, Porangi will be there again with Ashley, um, DJ Drez and his wife, as I mentioned earlier, they'll be performing. I'm actually going to be performing this year as well. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Do you yeah. know kind of what it looks like right now for you? Yeah, I actually do. I mean, so of course, you know, I work in the Akashic Records and yeah. so uh, they'll all do a live Kundalini set and then we'll go into like a music portion after and it'll actually be like channeled music codes in through the Akashic Records that, yeah, that we kind of channel in direct from source and bring in live. Yeah. Okay. So let's dig into the Akashic piece for, <laughs> yeah. for a minute because you, you delve in that in many different ways. You've done a reading for us on our, one of our properties, yep. which was super helpful and so spot on. <laughs> um, but you also have a certification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's different ways and obviously you're doing the readings yourself. So can you just I've had uh, a friend of mine on Laura Co. She's been on the podcast before to talk about it, but I know everyone has their own way to experience it. So I'd love to just kind of dig into that for a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think the Akashic records are just really, they're, they're kind of unique to everybody. We were just talking about this the other day that, you know, a lot of people relate to them slightly different in terms of like where they're located. You know, sometimes you think of them like out you know, into the galaxy galaxy. And it's like this far off place that you go and access. Some people think of it as just a space in your heart that brings you into a deeper sense of your own intuition. So it's like not necessarily this location, but it's just an energy shift into a place that gives you better access to really like your intuitive force. And technically they talk about the Akashic records as being like the vault of information that's of everything that has happened to your soul. So from the time your soul was conceived to current day and even into the future, it's, it's all of the information of everything that's happened to your soul. And so when we do Akashic Records readings or we learn how to access the Akashic Records, it's really about trying to access deeper wisdom codes of our soul and of everything that's happened to us from a soul perspective. 
And so I think that, you know, for everybody that comes on a little differently, like some people might have clairvoyance. So when they tap into their Akashic records, they get visuals much like you would in a plant medicine ceremony. And you'll actually see like visual downloads. Some people just have like what we call clear empathy, where they can feel the emotion of something. And so there's all these different ways to experience the records. They, they feel like they have a physical location slightly differently for everybody. But, you know, in the end, it's just really about tuning into like the intrinsic intelligence of your soul. Mm, so, okay. Wow. I love all this. Uh, <laughs> What is the, what is the certification that your certification look like? Yeah. So after doing, you know, the readings for. And first, yeah. How did you, yeah. Come up with the whole idea for that? Yeah. So in around 2007, 2008, I did a year long internship in the, uh, the Berkeley Psychic Institute method and uh, Berkeley, you know, Berkeley, California, it's kind of known for its counterculture and yeah. sort of, you know, different modalities and, and being raised in North, Northern California. I was exposed to some of those, you know, kind of, you know, spiritual modalities you could call or whatever, however you want to categorize that. That was kind of the fabric of where I grew up. And so I ended up studying with these women who were certified in the Berkeley Psychic Institute method. And I spent a year with them and part of that was learning about the Akashic records and specifically how to communicate with souls on the other side. So souls who'd passed. And so that was kind of my, my foray into the Akashic records was really just learning like, oh, you can communicate with people who are no longer here physically with us. And was that hard to drop into that space for you or was it you know, pretty seamless? It's, uh, I was just sharing this the other day. I had my... I did psychedelics for the first time when I was like 13, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, NorCal, like, yeah. you know, Emerald Triangle, think of, you know, <laughs> set and setting, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually, I just had this, you know, I had this awareness from a young age and there was a lot around me kind of leaning in this direction. So I think it was more about just understanding that it was possible to take it that way. And then once I started looking for it, it was, you know, it's like the path is revealed once you start looking for it. So I feel like it wasn't necessarily difficult. It was more just kind of devoting myself to really unveiling those, those teachings. And so I feel like, uh, yeah, it was, but it was a pivotal time in my life. I will say that because it was a full year of devotion to those teachings and to really, you know, starting to go deeper into esotericism and psychic abilities and all of that stuff. So I feel like, uh, it wasn't necessarily difficult, but it was definitely like, if you were to put a mark on the timeline of like when a lot of stuff started changing, that would be, you know, that would be a place I would go to. Wow. And so what else was changing in that period of time for you? Well, you know, what's interesting is it was actually at about year seven for Adam and my marriage. And so it was very interesting because it actually stirred up a lot in general. And we realized, you know, that maybe our relationship had been lacking a certain kind of spiritual format that I was certainly longing for. So this sort of brought that to the forefront. And we actually kind of kind of shook up our marriage. And it was uh, we will be married 20 years this year. Wow. But we actually split up at this time for an entire year after I took this training because really like so many things started to change for me. And so we almost needed to like take a time out 
and then come back together and regroup and, and start fresh. And I think, you know, we were so young when we met, we were 18 and 20. So it's like, (laughs) you know, we've just, we've grown up together. So I think that that was just like a really, it was a really pivotal time because of the training, because of what happened in Adam and my relationship and because of everything that we kind of created moving forward after that. So yeah, it was, you know, it was a pivotal time, but, you know, back to the Kashik part of it. I, I had this initial kind of experience and deep dive, and then I almost forgot about it for several years. And I sort of started taking in different modalities, a lot of plant medicine journeys and, you know, kind of exploring as we all do the yeah. different paths. And, uh, and a friend of mine, she mentioned the Akashic Records. This was, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago now. And I was like, oh, the Akashic Records, like I haven't thought about those in a really long time. And so I took this little like refresher course with a woman that was, you know, just happened to pop into my lap, like how, how it does. Right. And I, and then it just all flooded back in and I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And the way that the Akashic records work is that you use your teacher's prayer and that's how you open your Akashic records. And so you kind of use the, the sound codes that were given to you from your teacher. And then if the Akashic records decide that they want you to become a teacher, they give you your own prayer which is essentially your own sound codes or your own codes to unlock, you know, that kind of wisdom body. And so I was back in the Redwoods in Northern California after that refresher. And I just heard a voice and it just said, pick up a pen. And I just picked up a pen and I channeled the prayer just straight in one, you know, one straight shot. Didn't stutter, didn't have to correct a word, just wrote it out. And and they were like, it's time for you to start teaching. Damn. Yeah. And so how did that shift for you once you had your your own code? I think that I just became um, much more a steward of the technology, right? I went from the student to the teacher and kind of just passed through that portal. And so then I just really felt so beautifully grateful to have that connection and to have, um, you know, to have those sound codes. I mean, the, the prayer is so beautiful. I, I couldn't even believe that this prayer just came through my pen and was written on the, on the paper. It was just like, even that, uh, you know, just by itself would have been enough, but it was like, you know, from there, they really started dropping in. Like, these are the lessons. This is where you can take it. This is how you can teach about it. This is how you can illustrate the different ways it it can be used and the different kind of techniques within the Akashic records, because it's like, you know, from just a plain bird's eye view, you're like, okay, open the Akashic records and give someone a reading. But what does that mean? You know, it's like, well, read what? And for me, it could be reading like we did for your property. What does the property want? What is it asking for? How does it want to interact with its owners? How does it want to be honored? It could be something straightforward like that with a piece of land or, or even a house. Um, or it could be, like I said earlier, you know, it could be a soul that's passed over that wants to come through and wants to communicate with the person who's getting a reading. It could be looking at soul contracts and understanding why some of the things have happened in your life and really deciding if you want to keep going down certain paths that could be seen as contracts. And so there's this access to maybe, you know, rewriting some of the energy that you're committed to in this life. You can also uh, work with crystals. You can, you know, decide like what kind of energy wants to come into a house and do crystal gridding and 
you know, I love doing those because it's like you get really specific frequencies and you can seed them in a property and turn up the radiance of that property in a unique way. So these are just some of the unique ways in which you can work with the records. And that's kind of like the overarching theme or the umbrella, but there's all these very unique and specific ways that you can channel it for you and what you're up to. Mm, tell me this, what are, what are the women that are going through the certification that have gone through it, that are starting it? What are they reporting back to you as the things that are changing their lives? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just the sovereignty piece like actually recognizing that they are co-creating their life and that these tools that we discover and we explore together just give them a, a deeper capacity for understanding that and actually working in that. And I think that's the big thing we talk about all of the time is like, you're a sovereign being. I mean, you really, I, I truly believe that the one thing we're gifted here is free will, but you have to almost attune yourself to activate into free will or you can just be co-opted into other people's storylines and energy fields and all kinds of stuff. So a lot of it is kind of like clearing out the space and giving us the capacity to really take the reins on our lives and then have that clear channel to the Akashic Records to see what kind of tools they can bring in to support you on that path and, and in being that sovereign being. And now I'm assuming there are cohorts that go through the certification together. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and so when is the next one available? Yeah. So we start next month actually at the end of February. So the third weekend in February, we kick off the next one and we'll only do two this year. So, uh, yeah, we usually, you know, we gather a group of women. It's for women specifically as of now, I would love to do one for men. Um, but just hasn't quite aligned yet. I've been really focused on the women so far. And you'll know when it's right. I don't need to tell you that. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. The men are coming though. They're totally coming, but it's for now, it's just really like the women are so ripe and they're so ready for it. So that's the thing about this particular certification as well, is that you bond so deeply with this group of women that you go through the training with. And then we all wrap the training in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where I live. And we do a beautiful kind of ceremonial graduation retreat. And it's that in of itself is life changing. But it's really, really uniquely special because you've been working and connecting and diving deep into your spiritual practice for four months leading up to it with all of these beautiful sisters at this point. And then, you know, the, the retreat just kind of is this beautiful icing on the cake. It's a four month uh, period process of stumbling on that yeah. word. It's, you know, one of those timeline what, words. <laughs> what is the, what, like practically speaking, what does it look like for the commitment on yeah. a daily, weekly basis? Yeah, it's one, uh, there's a two hour practice session per week. And then there's a one weekend commitment each month. So, and that's actually only for the first three months. And then the fourth month is just practice. So you are, you know, we're together once a week for a two hour session and then a Saturday and Sunday each month. So it's not is that, crazy. Is that uh, remote, the Saturday, yeah. Sunday? Yeah, it's all remote. And the beautiful thing is that if you can't make it to any of the sessions, everything's on replay, everything's recorded. And I've had women in Europe who just couldn't make the time zone. Sure. And they've done all of it on the recorded sessions and had like amazing life-changing experiences. So all the energy stored in the recording and it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's great if you can be there live, 
but you know, don't let that like time constraint get in the way of, you know, these beautiful teachings. Yeah. And I'm assuming there's kind of homework during the there's week. Not a quote ton. Unquote. There's oh. not a ton of homework. Honestly, the homework is really just being in awareness to how the teachings are showing up in your life. Oh. And there's not specific, like you've got to be doing this. It's more just opening up the awareness. Like I, I love that's to a say, good answer, by the way, yeah. for I think a lot of people listening, okay, <laughs> I've got a busy life. They don't have a lot of homework. Perfect. No, I mean, and honestly, it's like, your life just becomes a ceremony in a way once you start this training and you just start noticing the teaching showing up in different aspects of your life. So it's like, it's not even necessary to assign that to you because it's just going to start happening. Okay. Yeah. And again, the things we're noting here, there will be um, links to it in the show notes, but where can people find out more information about this? Yeah. You know, the easiest thing is honestly just to DM me at starseed.collective and we can take you, we can get you all the right the right links for whatever you're interested in that we talk about today. And I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll just get you to the right spot. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So how does this, and I want to get to Starseed Collective in a second, but how does this maybe dovetail with your Kundalini practice, which by the way, I thought I had done Kundalini before. <laughs> and when I went to BFS, it was like, good God, that was intense. <laughs> Amazing. But like my, you know, lack of mobility really showed, although they were great. Uh, modifications for fellows like myself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked that because it's actually, it dovetails perfectly from the Akashic training because one of the things that is very unique about this Akashic training is that there's quite a bit of Kundalini yoga included. And I think that one of the reasons that the Akashic records gave me the prayer and honestly gifted me with this, you know, beautiful opportunity to teach is because of the Kundalini practice and because of uh, the fact that I bring that in so deeply to the experience. And the reason that we use it is because, you know, when you start opening up to these big energy fields and you start really trying to be a channel and a conduit for some of this frequency, it's a lot. It's a lot of energy. And so the Kundalini is almost like the part where we go to the gym and get strong enough and capable enough to carry these frequencies and actually be beautiful stewards of the, of the technology. And I've seen women that have done it, you know, who've really, really taken on the Kundalini aspect of it. And then women who haven't taken it on quite as much. And there is a distinct difference. There's just something about that frequency that just helps you hold it all and really translate that powerfully into whatever you're creating. And so the Kundalini yoga is, yeah, it's an integral part of the training. And then obviously I teach the Kundalini on something called the star stream. It's our streaming con uh, content network that, you know, I just stream live into your living room or your home or wherever your bathtub, wherever you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you can just join in the Kundalini part as well. But uh, you know, it's, it's really amazing because you can kind of get in where you fit in, right? If you're attracted to the Akashic training, come in and do that. You'll get some exposure to the Kundalini, to the Kundalini practices as well. Or you can come right into the star stream and really focus on the kundalini energy and really start just training in that modality. And there's just all kinds of like beautiful stuff that you can just get in where you feel really comfortable and called. Awesome. And then how often is, is the star stream um, practice coming out? Yeah. So there's at least two classes a week um, and we're adding more all of the time. And then uh, we open up the first couple hours of the priestess path, which is my year long mastermind group that I work with. 
we do one weekend um, uh, every six weeks, actually, we do with them. And so we open up the Kundalini sessions from that to the Starstream. And then we also open up the Kundalini sessions that are in the Kashik weekends. So there's also these extra like deep dives that you can do with the groups that are, you know, in these, in these other veins of programs. So yeah, you can kind of get in like either just once a week, twice a week, or you can do these other weekend events that are a little bit uh, longer in length. Oh, that's brilliant. And we're told, okay, let's dig into the year long yeah. practice. What's, what's all about? <laughs> Goodness. Just, what else, what else is going on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, after the Kashik training, I just had so many women that were like, I don't want to stop. Like, I want to keep going. They have such a transformative experience and they want to, you know, just keep the the party going. So I created this program called the Priestess Path. And it's really more of a mastermind that's focused towards women who want to create heart-centered businesses or soul-led businesses and really integrate some of the Kashik teachings integrate some of the Kundalini teachings and really, you know, lead from that soul centered space. And I think that, you know, one of the things I see a lot in business programs or masterminds or entrepreneurial tracks out there is that they're, you know, they're just like, they're so specific and it's like, you got to niche down and you got to do this and you got to do that. And although we do some of that stuff, we are much more interested in working with the energetics of your heart and your central nervous system and your chakras and really working in that kind of more, uh, you know, magnetization scope. And so really just like helping you to become attuned to the type of teacher that you want to be in order to help the people you're supposed to help. And I think it's just much more beautiful in a way than like something that's a little bit more black and white. And don't get me wrong. Some people really love that track and there's nothing wrong with it. But the priestess path is really for people that are like, I would rather really learn how to magnetize what it is that I want to bring in and really understand what it means to live a dharmic path and to, to be in a destiny path and be serving the people I'm meant to serve and becoming the type of energy and entity, if you will, that can fulfill on their destiny. Beautiful. Wow. And so where is that in process right now? We just started in October. Yeah. So the women that come through the Akashic training, we have two entry points into the priestess path. So when you finish the Akashic training, if you decide you want to move on and, you know, kind of go that, that other route, then you can come in and there's really two places during the year that you can come in. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now Starseed Collective. Yeah. Starseed Collective is just like the hub for all of it. it yeah. It's just like the little uh umbrella that holds all of these beautiful things and you know i brought you a gift where's your gift? i know uh, Lindsay, it. can you go yes. i was thinking about that as we were talking i, was like, I want to open the gift yeah, right now. yeah let's do it's, it it's over in the by my stuff <laughs> because you know your gift is actually part of the whole starseed collective world, oh, of course so it is I, yeah that's like a perfect thing to bring in that's it Okay. Hopefully it's not too difficult to unwrap because I had to, had to pack it very extensively in order to check it in my bag. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use my teeth. All right. Get in there. Nice. And this, this gift, I will say I didn't pick it out. It picked you. Oh, love it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell a little story about it once you get open, but. 
It was definitely one that was like, I want to go live with Cal. <laughs> I also want to make sure that he has a little bit of a struggle with it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. There you go. Yes. Got to hit the gym a little bit. I got to start working out with Adam. <laughs> wow. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm birthing. You are. You actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, wow. Wow. So this is a Lemurian smoky quartz crystal. And uh, the story goes that the Lemurians were an ancient civilization that lived on planet Earth long, long ago, around the time of Atlantis. And they were very, very highly developed very beautiful heart-centered community and civilization. And the story goes that they left planet Earth because they actually it became too warring. It became too um, untenable for their frequency to be here. But before they left, they left these beautiful crystals and encoded them with the frequency of their attainment and with their love and with their light. And when you were ready as an energy, as a human to work with the levels of their attainment, one of their crystals would come into your life. Ooh, I definitely feel like I'm in this major transition right now too. So this is very appropriate timing. You know. Yeah, it knew. It knew. <laughs> wow. And then the smoky quartz part of it is beautiful because it's just a little bit more grounding, a little bit more harmonizing. And it just kind of helps to bring all the pieces that are in your life together in harmony and kind of anchor it in, in a really beautiful way. So, yeah. Beautiful. This is such a beautiful gift. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I'll say about it is that all of the crystals, so we sell crystals, <laughs> by yeah. the way, people out there. We have some uh, we, at the yeah. house from, from <laughs> Starseed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is just another thing, you know, that just came in, like help people get these crystals. It's just important to get these energies into people's hands. Um, but the, the thing about all of our crystals is that we have what are called mantra boxes and they're little speakers throughout the entirety of our house that play very specific mantras. So all of the crystals are encoded with hundreds or thousands of hours of mantra and so this one has been encoded with a specific mantra called Wahe Guru. And it means from moving from darkness to light. And so, yeah. Got me with that one. <laughs> That's for another podcast, I suppose. Yeah. But yes, thank you. You're so welcome. Wow. God bless you. So where were we? <laughs> no. Oh, amazing. About the light stuff. Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness gracious. Ooh. Yeah. Love you, Cal. God I love bless you. you. Thank you. Well, let's move on to Egypt. Yeah. And I'm so bummed um, that in this period of the, that, that I was in, in the in the fall that we weren't able to make the Iceland trip. Oh yeah. And there was so much about that trip that I was so excited about. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about that and then leading into what's, what's coming up. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing maybe for people to hear is that I really feel like part of the Dharma, the destiny of be the wellness is just to take people to these really high vibration places on the planet 
And just like the crystals, they all hold different codes or different energy. And when you go interface with those places, you absorb or you receive the codes of that land. And so Iceland was certainly a place, you know, it's the land of fire and ice and there's just so much frequency there. And I think that that's the biggest thing about Be The Wellness that maybe I didn't even realize when I started the company that that was one of the main missions is actually just to keep, to get people to these places where they could receive the codes of the land and upgrade just by osmosis. And so certainly Iceland was that. And and I'm sure that you'll make it there in the right time and maybe we'll be there with you. Who knows? Um, but you know, Egypt is, is the next one that's coming and, uh, was probably the most difficult trip I ever planned. Um, it's really, really important to do Egypt correctly. I, I believe after my research, there's a lot of ways to do it, but there's some really profound ways to do it. And I think that that's why it took me so long and I was so obsessed with it uh, because it just really needed the devotional touch in order to really bring out what I'm saying, which is like receiving the codes of that space and getting the messages or the wisdom or whatever is meant to come through for you in that location. So I think uh, Egypt is like the trip I've been planning for honestly, like five years. And uh, if not longer, I feel like I've been planning it since I was a little girl in a way, but uh, I've been planning it for a really long time. And I'm just really excited because, you know, I know people that, that are there are there for a reason and they receive exactly what they're meant to get from the land, from the temples, from the people. And, uh, and that's just, you know, mission fulfilled when we do that. So yeah, super excited. And that'll happen in the fall. That'll happen in the fall. And we're really excited. We're bringing Nessie Gomez and she's a incredible musician. So she'll actually be performing a live concert on the Nile, on the boat as we sail. And yeah, she'll be doing, she has a beautiful music, um, music, workshop. Thank you. I wanted, I wanted to keep saying music is medicine workshop oh, because yeah. that's pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, it's something similar though. It's a very similar thing where she helps you find your own unique voice. And so one of the things that really came through for me in Egypt was that there is so much sound frequency there. And so it was really important to bring in someone who could actually help you tap into that and use your own voice, use your own sound current in the land and actually kind of harmonize those things together. So she'll be teaching a really beautiful vocal odyssey workshop and uh, and helping us kind of bring our own sound current into Egypt. I had a, a, a close friend of mine on the podcast recently, uh, Joshua Barber, and, and we talked about his experience in Egypt and he definitely did it the right way. And the stuff he shared was stuff of like supernatural how the hell does this stuff happen? And then of course, if this is what we're all here. There's, there's a lot at work. And so I'm curious, like, what are you kind of most excited about exploring in Egypt? What is it that you think people are just going to be blown away, life-changing experience? I mean, I think, uh, we obviously we got private access to the King's chamber and the Sphinx and some of these. That stuff's huge. Yeah. It's, you know, some of these really important kind of foundational things. Um, but honestly, what I think people are going to be most excited about is what they don't expect. And that's what I'm honestly most excited about too. It's like we made sure that the itinerary really covered all the bases and we nailed it. And we're like, we're doing all the temples that we should be doing. We're doing all the, you know, all of the kind of 
pathway is laid out, but what I'm most interested in and what I think people are going to be most blown away by is just the unexpected things that happen. And, you know, that was another reason I wanted to bring Nessie is that we'll be bringing in like, you know, vocal experience into some of the temples and weaving our own sound current throughout the experience. And I think that's very, very unique because usually you're kind of just like on a tour with a tour guide and you're doing the thing, but like, we're actually wanting to create this as almost a 14 day ceremony. And it's like, you know, we're going to be interfacing with the temples, with our, our voices and with mantra and with chanting. And of course that has to be because Egypt opens up and allows us to do that because there's actually like rules against certain things happening but, you know, already with the guides that we have and the people that we're using, there's all of this very beautiful access that we're getting to do some very unique experiences. Yeah, he and I guess that's the thing that rings true is he said so much happened around sound um, in these private access, you know, before people would be there, they would go into these temples and spaces where there was a sound bowl or voice and the stuff that was unfolding, he's like, dude, I've done plenty of plant medicine and nobody was doing anything and it was full blown. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what my intuitive sense says about this trip. Like it's, you know, set it up, create the container, and then let's just bring in those other pieces that are going to help facilitate and start to activate some of those sound codes and some of these just mysteries of the land. Awesome. So people just, again, DM Vanessa at starseed.collective. Yeah, starseed.collective or of course, Be The Wellness is where we do all of the retreats. So if you want to reach out through that channel, be as in a honeybee, B-E-E, The Wellness, we're there as well. Is there anything that I, that I missed? Cause I, I you're doing so goddamn much, but I want to make <laughs> sure we says. cover all the, that's right. We've talked about this through our, um, human design. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's probably enough for the listeners to take in for Perfect. them to digest at this point. I think the thing is just, you know, listen with your heart. If something just activates a little curiosity in you and you're just like, you know, that, that voice or that sound or that energy, you know, I've had just people that, that just feel like, oh my gosh, that's my teacher. And they, they, they hear the voice and they know, and I've certainly felt that about my teachers, you know, you just go with that. And, and it's so beautiful. And it's one of the things I love about the Kundalini world and about the Akashic records, like no pressure, you know, just, just go with what feels right and get in where things feel beautiful and then just allow yourself to unfold with it. Perfect. Thanks for being here. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. And beautiful Peyton. I'm just so honored and grateful to know you both and and to get to share this life. Thank you. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. 
Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.